When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. If you like today's episode, check me out on narctroopers.com. You'll find a lot of articles, podcasts, YouTube videos, all kinds of stuff. Today, the topic is narcissistic personality disorder and how it begins with profound profound problems of space and language, space and language. Um, We're going to take a deep dive into the origins of this growing uh, pathological cluster B disorder, which seems to be rampant, more and more people all the time having it. So people with pathological narcissism are a strange beast. What is at the root of this disorder, you may ask. According to the narcissism expert and author of the quintessential book on NPD titled Malignant Self-Love Narcissism Revisited, uh, Dr. Sam Vaknin posits that flaws in spatial and language processing are responsible for the emergence of narcissistic defenses which contribute to the formation of the false self. Then abuse and trauma force the young child to find ways to hide in order to survive. Thus, um, they they ignore or repress um, the, na- the nature of reality. It's, uh, they have a problem with something called reality testing. And, um, and, and that can be defi- defined by their uh, ability to process space. Um, so that's sort of the etymology, the foundation, the systemic cause of um, how all of this begins is a problem processing uh, with the formation and the processing of actual um, spatial and language, those two things. Um, so I'm going to attempt to distill the ideas provided by Dr. Backman on this critical concept. So <laughs> let's get ready for that because this is going to be a little bit um, academic, but it's so interesting to think about if you truly want to understand what's going on with these people. Like this is fundamentally um, just really interesting to to know, and it's. It, it is, it's real. So, um, so here we go. Language is inhibited in the young narcissist. 
um, you can actually hear this and see this um, pretty early on. The child takes on the aberrant speech patterns used by the abuser to entrain them to manipulate, exploit, condemn, vilify, and otherwise disempower and rob the child of their personal identity and agency. The child copies these toxic speech patterns and uses them in a maladaptive way. They lose access um, to both space and language as a consequence of their nightmarish experience as young children. And I have witnessed this uh, repeatedly. Um, and, and it definitely makes sense. I believe this is something very interesting and true. So when you are not integrated with reality, which is called um, having impaired reality testing, the concept of your place in spatial scenarios is altered and damaged in ways that prevent the emerging narcissist from seeing himself or herself um, from developmental milestones that happen in neurotypical people. We'll call them NTs, neurotypical in contrast to neurodivergent. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, these milestones are like normal childhood development. Um, rites of passage, you know, uh, benchmarks, things that they're supposed to achieve at certain times as they grow up. And if these things don't happen as they should, then of course there are a lot of consequences. Um, so when the, when you are not integrated with this, with your reality, the concept of your place in spatial situations is also altered and it's damaged so that, um, you know, you can't function properly. Um, let's see where to go from here. I have notes. I have to decipher my notes. Let me see. Um, okay. So they're unable to tell external from internal, um, objects, which is a key feature of many, uh, different pathologies. The narcissist internalizes external objects and interacts with them in his or her head. And this allows them free reign to invent whatever they want to fabricate and confabulate. Um, and this practice is called magical thinking, which is a hallmark marker of narcissism. Um, and it's another maladaptive uh, coping mechanism used to escape the horrors of their childhood and the mistreatment by the dead mother. That is a concept, the dead mother that you can look that up and read it about. And, and here again, Dr. Vaknin has some of the most extensive material on that subject. 
that is very well researched and documented. Um, so typically it is actually a mother figure, although sometimes I guess it, there could be exceptions to that and it could be um, another caregiver or even um, a male person. So I have often felt such sadness to think of the harm that my ex-husband endured um, that made him believe he had no other choice but to extinguish himself and create another false self in the place, in that place. You know, he was raised on a steady diet of pornography and perversion, coupled with constant physical threats of bodily harm by his mother, relatives, random caregivers, and by the endless stream of abusive boyfriends pressing, uh, passing through um, his house. You know, he must have felt that he had no other options or alternatives but to retreat into his own place of solitude and safety. This magical place with fantastical creatures and supernatural things that made him uh, impervious to the instability, the neglect, uh, and the trauma of his early years. Children like him can be ruined by the things they are forced to see and hear and feel. Their only solace comes from silencing the helpless, scared, terrified, ashamed, humiliated, tormented, angry, injured, vulnerable, unloved, unseen, unheard, little person, little boy or girl, and replace them with something that's false, that is perfect and flawless and untouchable, impervious, bulletproof. Um, you know, he becomes a magician, a wizard, larger than life character, and, um, and he cannot experience any harm. And that's why they do it. You know, in the absence of space or the inability to conceive one's place in, you know, in it, the child cannot create memories. And so this is another consequence of having spatial, um, what, what do we want to call it? Of having spatial um, impairment uh, is that you have discontinuous memory. It's unstable. It has gaps and holes and whole chunks that are missing. Sometimes it's just erased. Sometimes it's made up stuff that never happened that's just created to fill in the blanks where the memory should have been. That's very typical with, uh, with a narcissist, you know? Um, so this problem with memory, um, you know, with it, so put with that impaired language ability and you have a perfect storm for the creation of narcissistic personality disorder. So, you know, and I'll give you this example. This is awful but it has really stuck with me um, through time is that, you know, when I first met um, my husband that had NPD, uh, I, you know, the person I would marry and spend the next 16 years with, I noticed that he had a profound inability to speak up when I met him. He couldn't clearly articulate his words in ways that people could even understand him. Uh, his domain was on the fringes of neurotypical society, and it was acutely painful to observe how much he struggled to find his voice, literally, you know, um, 
it first entered the realm of my concern. We went to this drive up window at, at, at um, it was, I think it was, I don't know where it was. I want to say KFC, but it could have been somewhere else. But I remember sitting in the car at that, at that drive up window and um, observing how much that, um, you know, he, he couldn't order his food in a way that people could understand what he was saying. And uh, most of the time when this happened, I would end up yelling the order into the speaker from the passenger seat, which was just really awkward and very strange. And, um, and now I understand why um, that that was happening all these years later. Um, I get it. He had so much trouble with what should have been a simple task uh, because he lacked the voice and the words and he had this language deficiency. And that's what it is with narcissists. They have a language deficiency and a spatial deficiency about where things are external, internal, you know, their placement in reality uh, because they don't live in reality, right? They are uh, residents of some other place. Yeah. So spatial awareness was also compromised. And the part of the brain that is responsible for space is also responsible for memory. Um, what do I want to say about that? Uh, space and memory, same part of the brain, they go together. I, sorry, I don't have the names of those parts of the brain. I thought I had them here in my notes. I do not. Um, my apologies, but I had it. I saw it and I know that it's true that the brain and the memory kind of are from the same place. Uh, I have something here about the hippocampus is dysfunctional to the point that both space and memory can't function properly there, but I think that it's more complicated and there's more things involved than just that. Um, the point is, is that both space and memory cannot function properly in these people. And the main way that young narcissists react to the world around them is to dissociate and to forget. Do you see how that's a logical consequence? Because they get so frustrated not being able to communicate and go with the flow and function with the neurotypicals. They just can't. They don't fit in. They're, they're you know, um, outside of um, conventional society. Um, and no matter how hard they try, they can't merge and be part of that because they're clearly noticeably different. So they twist it to make their difference, their difference become grandiosity. They're different because they're better is what they tell themselves. And you can see how that uh, is just like a new version to compromise um, for what they're really experiencing. Um, so um, dissociation, uh, losing touch with reality um, is, is a common denominator with narcissists. This altered consciousness creates a ripe environment for the constant invention, fabrication, confabulation, and rewriting of history that all narcissists do with such mastery. They're really good at it. They are excellent. You know, they must fill in the gaps and holes in their memory so that this constant fiction 
is a way to achieve that and to create a history that that never really even existed or at least is a huge departure from what really existed and what really happened uh either way they only have little bits and pieces of the past and they can recall um you know that these little bits and pieces are all that they have they're remnants of the past that don't make sense because they're not congruous they're not um sequential they're not memories in the way that a normal person would uh, remember them to be. They can't recall things with any fidelity or accuracy, so they just do their best making it up. Impaired reality testing is a direct result of abuse and trauma. How can you have any true memory or concept of space or speech if you have euthanized your true self and created a new one, a false self. Um, when one has the inability to be grounded in reality, they exist in another dimension or parallel universe, multiverse or whatever. And for all practical purposes, that's where they live. Abuse and trauma induce an inability to have individuation is what it's called individuation that is necessary to become a whole and healthy individual. They can't do it. The mechanism that regulates self-states is impaired so that they are dysregulated and all over the place, you know, um, constantly inventing themselves, shape-shifting, simply reflecting uh, the people that supply them with fuel. Arrested development and um, what is it called? Uh, infantilism, uh, like making someone as if they're an infant are present in narcissism. They are frozen at very early stages of childhood development and unable to move on with this inability to assess or access reality. There is no identity or ego often called identity disturbance. That's the actual term, psychological term for it. Identity disturbance. The narcissist has identity diffusion. Diffusion is like a diffuser. It just goes out all over the place. It's scattered. It's, it's, um, it's, it's everywhere. Um, it has no shape. Um, there is nothing at their core. In fact, they have an empty schizoid core, and in most cases, it's hollow, empty, and egodystonic. Egodystonic is the opposite of egocentonic. Egodystony is like incongruous chaos, like fragmented self-states and uh, inability to have a cohesive, continuous whole uh, identity um, or concept of who you are, whereas egocentric people have a very strong ego, id, super ego, and all those different uh, components of themselves that are working and identifiable. So Eric Erickson, who's like one of the most brilliant people who write in psychology, he said, in the social jungle of human existence, there is no feeling of being alive without a sense of identity. I'm going to say that again because it's important to internalize this. Eric Erickson says, in the social jungle 
of human existence. There is no feeling of being alive without a sense of identity. No feeling of being alive without a sense of identity. And so the narcissist doesn't have an identity. They become whoever they are with. They are, they mimic them, they parrot them, they mirror them, they reflect them, but that is not who they are. They just adapt and adopt and consume and, and change into that, but it's not real. That's why you think you have so much in common with them when you don't, it's just because they're, what you see, it's you <laughs> staring back at you. Understanding what made the person with NPD different and unable to ever be healed or fixed, uh, changed or loved back to wellness is an integral part of healing after being in an extended relationship with one of them. The complete annihilation of their partners is something impossible to describe and difficult to understand unless it has happened to you. Try telling all of this to people who have no idea what this is. They haven't studied it. They're not informed about it. And you're trying to tell them this, and it's just too unbelievably out there to be true. How could someone not have memory? How could they not have identity? Ah, what a bunch of silliness that is. And they just reject it, even though it's um, been proven, researched, studied, diagnosed, and pronounced as, as a fact that this is, this is how it works. This, they've dissected this and come, you know, done an autopsy on it. And these are the findings that are indisputable. And some things you can't just dispute everything. Some, one of my students the other day said, I don't believe in COVID. And I just took that. I didn't know what to say. Cause how can you not believe that's like saying, I don't believe in heart attacks. Really? You don't believe in heart attacks. You don't believe in COVID. You don't believe in cancer. I mean, they're real. And for all the people who died of those things, it's kind of insulting to say that you don't believe in it. Um, so it's the same thing with this to, to, to reject it, what you're trying to explain to them and say, I, you know, this is crazy. I, I don't believe this. It is insulting to those of us who have experienced it because it's saying, you know, you're just full of it. You're just, you know, imagining whatever, you know, you're just believing a bunch of BS when in fact we have the facts and the truth and it's them who need to catch up. So it's not good to expect others to comprehend this. It's just really sometimes way too much, you know, understanding um, this is something maybe just, it's something that we're going to have to do. You know, it's understandable that we would have empathy for such tragic figures. But, you know, before you create a rescue plan, you have to remember this. Even though what happened to them is an epic tale of torment and a life gone wrong, we can't help them. We cannot. You know, if you get too close, they will kill you. Rare, rarely, literally, but in all other ways, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, morally, all of it, you know, they're going to destroy you in ways that you cannot even imagine. So you have to learn about it and understand it and make peace with it. Pray for them, let it go. And, you know, you're never going to be the same. And while you'll never forget, you learn to live beside it. I think it's important to remember that real life is ugly and messy and 
painful and being grounded in reality means that we're forced to be part of that but you know it beats being the walking dead so sometimes i think we have to just bury them and keep going and try to understand um what deficits they have which come come uh manifest and show themselves through early uh, problems with language, with communication, speaking in ways that where they can be understood, uh, and also problems with spatial concepts, uh, what is external, what is internal, what is real, what is not real, where am I, where are you, where are boundaries, all that kind of stuff is, is just absent. So that is a piece of the puzzle that if you're in that stage where you're doing your studies and learning about this um, crazy world of narcissism, then you got to put this in your library of, okay, check spatial deficits, language deficits as contributing uh, factors that either helped create the narcissist or at least manifested as soon as the narcissism started to, to grow it, the uh, communication and language and the spatial components are definitely something to recognize. And they're always there uh, as part of it. And um, so they're sort of um, markers, flags that you can see. Okay, so that's it for our um, talk today. Thank you for being here. Here again, uh, check out my materials, resources at narctroopers.com. And I'll be back with you soon. Thank you. Bye.